and type one two player, the one that most people's keeping up with the most as we head towards nationals. Chad France came in first place. Luke Taylor came in second, and Timothy Sar. <laughs> Bro, I can't do it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Dude, I can't. I really can't do it. <laughs> Timothy, just make up Timothy. nicknames like Trump. Call him Tiny Tim. <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> Timothy, sorry. <laughs> Bro. Okay, hold on. This is some really good B-roll footage right here. Because I cannot say this name. So, Timothy S. came in third. Timothy S. came in third. I'm not even going to butcher the name. <laughs> What's up, Redemption? How you doing? John Hendricks here, as always, for your favorite podcast. This week, we've got episode number 59. I'm hanging with Brad, the co-host. And we're going over a bunch of tournament results that happened this past week. Looking forward to... Some more tournaments happening, uh, including the unofficial tournaments that are ongoing. And then the Texas State Tournament is coming up this weekend. Also, beyond that, we have finally reached the 18,000 goal. So Roots is fully funded. We talk about that. And we get into all kinds of rabbit trails just hanging out here. Also, we've got tentatively scheduled the first Threshing Floor Live. That kind of informal hangout that we've been talking about. So... Just jump in here. We've got a bunch of fun laughs. Maybe you'll you'll enjoy that. If not, hey, try it out again next week. But glad you're here. Let's get right into it. All right, guys, welcome into the Threshing Floor Podcast. Co-host John Hendricks here. Co-host Brad, how you doing? Good as always, because we're on the podcast and it's good. Absolutely. It's always good. Um, how's your week going? It's been a week. Um, we just got done. I went to six graduations. So uh, the last one happened last night. So... Today was a little bit more chill, thankfully. It's really cool to know that you're supporting your students by attending all the graduations, but did you take the valedictorian speeches, salutatorian? Did you kind of rank those in your head? Who gave the best speech? So, Youth Pastor Hack, uh, I usually showed up about 30 minutes in, and a couple of times I timed it to where when I was walking in the arena, they started calling out the first names. So just Man. there for I just there to see them walk across the stage, <laughs> take a picture after. There you go. But they don't know that you weren't there the whole time. No, they don't. Nice. So it was it was pretty good. I mean, the the first one I, I definitely saw the whole thing, but that's because I was meeting somebody there. But um, and actually, what I found out for whatever I don't know if it's by our area or what, but the salutatorians and valedictorians did not give speeches. I think at every school I went to. The student body president gave a speech, uh, and that was it. And it was usually like less than five minutes. 
I guess I got tired of people taking 20 minutes to give a speech. Yes, and some of the graduations had like two over 200 people, you know, two 250. And the entire graduation from start to time, it was like they dismissed was like 50 minutes. And I just thought that was incredible. Do you look at it as going to a fast food restaurant after you've gone to Chick-fil-A? Because you know Chick-fil-A has the best drive through system. They get you through mm-hmm. there as quick, even if they have to make you circle the building three times before you make it to the window. <laughs> Which school has the, the best organization? Um, best organization was uh, Tipsy Valley, actually. Nice. Because every other school made the graduates like leave the field or leave the arena and go somewhere. And it was like, you couldn't leave until they were gone. And then trying to find them. And there's like, I mean, every one of these was packed to the max. When I say there was probably a couple thousand people or at least maybe like 1500, like there was a lot of people there at each of these graduations. So, but Sipsy Valley kept the students on the field and allowed everybody to come find them there. And it was hands down the best. Cool. And obviously you guys out there listening on the podcast have no idea what Sipsy Valley is, but that's one of the newer schools. I guess, how how long have they been around? I don't know, but it's out there in the country. Yeah, middle of nowhere. It's almost like, it's almost like when, um, no, it's not as bad. It's not as bad as going to Iowa to where it's like cornfields, cornfields. Oh, here's a little metropolitan area in the, a map dot here. <laughs> but it's it's like, you have to go through everything you think is the town and then get to nothing before you get there. Yes. Uh, on the field or at their school, I had zero service on my cell phone. That's, so, that's how they that get kids anything. to focus on their education now. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I was like, I was trying to post an Instagram video and it's like, it kept spinning, spinning, spinning. I couldn't tag anybody or nothing. It was like, okay. And it took me about 15 minutes of driving to get service. So if that says anything. Yeah. It's kind of like going to a tournament at Jeremy's. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Jeremy could probably relate to these people. When you leave Jeremy's house, you got to drive for about 20, 30 minutes before you can make a phone call and not have service cut out. <laughs> you know how it is. I think it's like half his house is Eastern time, half his house is Central time or something too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is pretty close to the Georgia line. It cuts in and out of Eastern time. When he wants to uh, go get Mexican food, he goes to Georgia. When he wants barbecue, he's in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess it's good to have you here on the uh, podcast again, Brad. This makes two weeks in a row. We're starting a streak having the co-host here. You know, I was never into the Snapchat streaks, but hey, here we are, podcast streaks. I'm down Podcast streaks, baby. And you're at two already. So you're already ahead of James and the Chamber of Angels podcast. So let's keep that streak going. <laughs> but hey, two's the loneliest number, but we're going to make it three. Let's go. Sorry, James. Not throwing shade. the up-and-coming podcast that's chamber of angels for the reference for anyone that doesn't know and episode one you know we had him on last week to talk about that just to recap last week's episode and i can tell you that from all of the people that listen to this episode and the numbers on his episode i can tell you that not everybody did their homework brad likes to tell you you have homework when he's on the podcast that's his favorite thing if you are interested in playing in tournaments or anything, there is valuable information in that podcast. Make sure you go and check it out and support James with his podcast project. Yeah, I actually did go back and listen to that. Um, and it was it was good, man. I thought he did a good job, uh, especially for his first one. 
having Rob on, talking about disciples, I'm telling you, it was like, got me, I started looking up some of those cards again. Like, I'm, I'm coming back, man. <laughs> Slowly but surely, I'm yeah. getting back in. Anything we can do to make you catch the fever of deck crafting and creativity and make you want to play with the redemption cards, that'll, that'll work. The best time for me is like August, and that stinks because it's like after everything has slowed down. Like that's my best time to do anything, because everything for me slows down right at the beginning of the school year. Well, that's when we're gonna have to get back on and try another um, another play group, <laughs> try to yeah. get something established. Yeah, I mean, even if can... even even if we just get up to like five people, that's enough for locals and districts, and I think I think we could get to that number. Yeah. We'll have to get some people to start traveling, see if there's anybody in Mississippi wants to come over or something. <laughs> I guess we'll kind of touch on the redemption content like we normally do. We've mentioned the Chamber of Angels podcast. Go and check that out. In addition to that, Redemption with Jaden this past week had a video come out, and it's titled Daniel Tivity or True Nativity. And I kind of gave you a, a preview or kind of a hint that that was going to be coming I was not able to talk to Jaden specifically about next week's video, so I don't have something coming down the way for you, which I think is really cool to give you an update of what to expect this week versus recapping what's already out there. But in this case, because I didn't plan a little bit, I actually did talk to Jaden, but I was talking his ear off about a deck that I'm working on building, and that apparently was more important than the podcast in our conversation. So maybe next week we can get back on that train of having a preview or a, you know, a teaser for what to expect on his next video. You know, if it comes to deck building, we'll, we'll excuse you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think tournament season has definitely bitten me. I've caught the bug because I hadn't, I hadn't really gotten into where I was trying to create my own decks. I was still just seeing what other people was putting out and then tinkering with those because of how busy I was staying with work and whatnot, but now, after this past weekend, had a really good time and started working on something that I've been talking about since Kentucky State, and honestly, even maybe Mr. Classic, and I finally actually started putting it together, and yeah, we're we're right there in that build-up to Nationals now. I'm I'm psyched. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get Chamber of Angels episode two so I can figure out some more goodies to put in my deck. (laughs) Hey, James. Work on nativity so I can have some ideas with that or something. But anyway, our friend Rob M. Studios, he's got a lot of stuff for you this week. He's got a game that came out after last week's episode we recorded. It's him versus Andy Fish, the owner of Your Turn Games, and they're playing a, a game there. So you have that. But if you'll go to his channel and go to the live feed, there is live stream footage it's obviously not live now but it is recorded footage from the new york state tournament and so you can see some type one gameplay at least i know that was there and i don't know if they did any other categories but i started watching the first game and then got pulled away and haven't revisited it yet but i plan on it but there was some some streaming there thanks to rob m for getting us that footage and you can go and check that out and see some various deck styles and then I've also got the results that Mark shared from the New York State Tournament. We'll go over that in a little bit. But the next thing on here, Brad, I didn't talk about it last week, but I believe I told you about it at some point or I sent you a picture of this project that Daniel the Creator's got going on. Actually, 
completely whiffed on it last week, and I, I hate that because there was a drop of fortresses, evil fortresses to be exact, last week. And if he stays true to the schedule he's got, then I would assume we're getting a drop on Tuesday. We're recording this Monday night, but I would assume there's going to be another drop on Tuesday. And I'm super excited because this this project is looking really cool. So remind me, what is it exactly? This is a project to reimagine redemption. So if Daniel, the creator, was approached with redesigning the game, how he would do it, and he's doing this in blog drops, showing you images of what the cards would look like, the new card back. And all of this can be found by going to your browser, any browser, and typing in redemptionreimagined.com. And on the site, redemptionreimagined.com, you can see the latest drop was Tuesday Drop Evil Fortresses. And if you click this, then you can see how he would design these. And he's actually designed them in a way that you would play the cards sideways versus how normal cards are played. Or hmm. And then if you scroll on down, you can get the horizontal view so that you don't have to turn your head. <laughs> gotcha. This reminds me of a, another card game I played once. Is it similar? Did, did he take kind of like a similar format to something else or no? I am not aware of any. I'm not well-versed in other card games like that. I can't remember if Star Wars was like this or one of them games I used to play growing up. But, man, these look really good. Like, Yeah. Like, he spent some time. I definitely think they look really good. And, obviously, if he's been around other card games or seen card games, you're drawing inspiration from other card games. So, sure, maybe some of this is influenced by other card games, but... As far as the element that he's done, like he came up with his own redemption logo, a simple sword with the flame coming off of it that's easier to to print as an icon here instead of the picture that's on the card back. But laying the fortresses sideways, I think, is a really cool idea. And it really lets you see the artwork and see some really cool images because having just the square image cuts out a lot of the more immersive, wider pictures because you have to get some that look good in a square frame but i think these yeah. look really good especially like the the jericho one where you see the action going on in the background and then you see the one the shadow or i mean it's it's more of a silhouette type thing of the it looks like archers they're not archers they definitely have some kind of weapon and they're walking around <laughs> as the action is taking place in the background the fiery furnace dude check that out that that card looks sick. Yeah. I, I love that. I love the icon that he has in the bottom right corner to tell you Old Testament or New Testament. I like the the way that the Old Testament one is a different color than the New Testament. You've got the blue for the New Testament and this orangish red for the Old Testament. All of the information is there. The artwork looks bigger. You've got the same amount of detail or information on the card. Uh, even more so, you've got more information but the cards just look really good. Now, as much praise as I'll, I'll give all of that, it does slightly bother my OCD that the icon is not in the top left corner oriented how it normally is because he's got the banner with the you know copyright information, the illustration uh, credits, and then the icon and you know the series set and number, all of that. I wish was somewhere else so that the icon was top left oriented like it normally is. 
But other than that, that's the only gripe I can say about these cards. I think they look fantastic. And sure, they all kind of, with the images and stuff and the the way that they look, they all kind of look the same. But they're all evil fortresses. They're supposed to kind of look the same. They're the yeah. same card type. The only thing that differentiates them is the ability, their identifiers, their name, and the artwork. And I think he does a really good job of making these look unique and fresh and similar to themselves. You know, if a new player were playing a game and this was designed, they would instantly be able to recognize what an evil fortress is because they all kind of look the same. But then as you look at them, there's enough nuance and individuality within them for them to stand out and be really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. The only thing I, the only drawback I would have with these is like, you, you think about how you're holding them in your hand. <laughs> you would have to turn them sideways in order to read them. That'd be kind of weird in that sense, especially cause I'm looking back at uh, the enemies drop, drop three. And those look incredible. Also really love them. Uh, but if somebody is turning their card sideways, you'll know they have a fortress in their hand, you know, if they're trying to read or whatever. But that would hey, be the only drawback. They could be reading the illustration credits on a meat flip character. <laughs> you never oh, know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Dude. I man. really like this, and, and I think that uh, given, given the opportunity, I enjoy being able to spotlight these because I think a lot of work's going into them. And they just look really cool to see what could be from a different person's perspective. And obviously the game's not going to revamp and, and completely go away with what they're doing to do this. But certain elements, you know, like pointing out something simple as a OT and NT reference icon, maybe that's something that later on down the road we might see. Or, you know, some elements of this can give some inspiration to our card designers. So I think nothing bad comes from this. It's cool to see and then potentially yield some type of at least inspiration for the card designers to maybe see what we could be doing a little bit better or, you know, change up to give it a fresh look. So I think all of that's really cool. Man, I'm like, I'm sorry. As you're going through this, I'm looking at some of these. Wow. Oh, yeah. This you is can cool. You can go on his site, go to gallery in the top, and you can see all of the ones that he's released so far all in one place, and then you can get to the bottom, and he's got a few cards that have alternate images, and there's some really cool ones there. Like, I'm all the way at the all the way at the bottom. You get some alternate images. And one of my favorite ones so far is the bear alternate image. That thing looks awesome. Hmm. And you can also see the, the card back is the last thing in the gallery, like what his card back would look like if he were able to redesign it. Yeah, mine's loading right now. Heyman? <laughs> that looks good. The bear, I see it. Such good stuff to go look at. So if you haven't checked out this gallery and and kept up with this project, you guys really should do that. And you can sign up to get notifications when new drops happen. But if he stays true to the schedule, we should be expecting one on Tuesday. So by the time you hear this, we probably have the next drop. So make sure you support him by going and checking that out. Hmm. Man, I'm like... I just didn't know this was even out there, honestly. <laughs> so this is really cool, like, just scrolling through all this. We have lost our co-host, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, go ahead and finish well, the podcast. I'll be looking at all this art. <laughs> while you continue doing that, though, I will say that kind of how I mentioned with Jaden, it's cool to kind of give you an expectation of what to expect this week versus talking about what happened previously. It makes us feel like we're more of a hub of information 
versus just reviewing information. But I reached out to Tyler and asked him if he had any videos planned this week. And I've got some information for you guys on what to expect from Tyler Talks. I also would like to apologize for trying to shame him for the fact he hasn't changed his name on YouTube. I didn't realize that you had to get to 100 subscribers before they let you change your name. So that is why Tyler Stevens is still the name or whatever the name is on the channel versus Tyler Talks. I was assured that it will get changed when he can. But he was like, I guess I got to get me some bots and set them up to subscribe to my account so they can change my name. So I feel horrible for shaming you, Tyler. And this is my public apology. <laughs> I'm sorry. But anyway, Tyler is going to be putting out two videos this week. And the first of those is going to be on his process for deck building, what goes into how he builds a deck, where he starts, all of that information. So he's going to be doing one on his process for deck building. And then he's also going to be going over the soul hide defense that has become pretty popular. And he's going to be talking about what to expect if you're playing it, how to play it, how to counter it, how to play against it. So... Those are two videos that I think are kind of timely for where we are right now, getting ready to, you know, building up towards nationals. People might need to have different fresh ideas of how to approach deck building, how to get some, how to take an idea from, hey, I have an idea, and now turn it into a deck. And then also a pretty popular defense that you're going to need to know how to play around if you're going and hoping to do well at nationals. So, you got that to look forward to from Mr. Tyler Talks. Definitely looking forward to that. Maybe I can find some time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to catch up on some of these videos. Uh, moving right along, I guess we can talk about unofficial tournaments. And these are the ones that, you know, we talk about all the time. But the Zoom Discord Invitational Round 2 pairings are now live. They went live on Sunday. So if you're signed up for that, make sure you get your games in. And then Likey Grand Prix Number 10, round one pairings are live. And in addition to that, they just finished up nine with the finals. And that was Red Wing and Mr. Kevin the Dude in the final. And Josh won that five to three. So he is now a two-time Lucky Grand Prix champ. So congrats to him. Congrats to Jacob for making the final. And... I feel like maybe we probably need to do a better job of spotlighting who's doing well in those tournaments because we talk about the tournaments all the time and we don't necessarily tell you who's doing well in those or give you any other details other than, hey, get your games in. So maybe we could do a little bit better job as you know, host of the podcast. So now that yeah. I've got a co-host, I can put some of that some of that burden on you. So uh, you got to find out, okay? You know what? I guess I will, man. Just text me and be like, hey, be <laughs> Yes, sir. I got gotcha. you. All right. So we talked a lot about official tournaments in the podcast last week. We talked about tournaments to look forward to this week, and I've got results from those. So we had three major tournaments. We had the Northwest Regional Tournament. We had the New York State Tournament, the Alabama State Tournament, and I have the results from all of those. So we'll go over those and then give you a preview of the or give you the information for the Texas State Tournament that's coming up this week as well. The first tournament that we have here is the Northwest Regional Tournament. And we've got the results thanks to Mr. Chad France. They had sealed deck, 
And in sealed deck, first place was won by Luke Taylor. Second was Mike Lasky. Now I'm really second-guessing myself for no reason. I don't know how to say his last name. Let me go confirm it real quick. Blah, blah, blah. Come on, this is supposed to be your homework. Knowing how to say people's names. If there's a chance to butcher a name, I'm going to. So maybe I should preface any time we're doing results for tournaments. If I don't say your name frequently, your last name, I am going to butcher it, and I apologize from the sincerity of my honest heart, as honest as it can be, I'm sorry, but if there's an opportunity to butcher a name, I'm going to. And that's just the way that is. How do you say my last name? <laughs> so sealed deck, first place was Luke Taylor. Mike Lasky came in second, and Grayson Cox came in third. In booster draft, and here we go with the name, I'm sorry. In first for booster draft was Daniel Ma- Mazucci. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm saying this name wrong, and I apologize <laughs> again from the sincerity of my heart. I cannot do, I cannot do difficult last names. Don't lie. You don't care about mispronouncing somebody's name at all. <laughs> Daniel M. First place in booster draft. Chad France came in second. Luke Taylor came in third. In type one two player the one that most people's keeping up with the most as we head towards nationals. Chad France came in first place. Luke Taylor came in second. And Timothy Sar. (laughs) Bro, I can't do it. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, I can't. I really can't do it. (laughs) Timothy. Just make up nicknames like Trump. Call him Tiny Timoth- <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> Timothy. Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. This is some really good B-roll footage right here. Because I cannot say this name. So Timothy S. came in third. Timothy S. came in third. I'm not even going to butcher the name. <laughs> In type two, two player, Chad France won that. Luke Taylor came in second. And Matthew White came in third. In teams, Scott Stamp and Mike Lasky came in first. Matt White and Grayson Cox came in second. And Luke Taylor and Chad France came in third. Those are the results. And from all accounts, it was a really good tournament with a decent turnout. But I know a lot of times people always say that it'd be really cool to have some deck information on the decks that win these tournaments. And it's really cool because Chad actually shared information on the decks that won. That's what I'm here for. Which decks won? (laughs) My guess is maybe Till Priest and Babylonians. Okay. So I'll just kind of skim over this. It said that his Soul Surfer deck uh, that he piloted And he shared this on Land of Redemption if you want to go and read about the deck. But it won the Oregon State Tournament across four rounds with a field of 12 players. And it won with scores of 5-2, 5-1, 5-3, and 5-1. Then that same deck piloted by Chad again won the Northwest Regional across five rounds with a field of 18 players. Those scores were 5-4, 5-2, 5-1, 5-3, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 5-1, 
And one of those rounds, he beat a flood soul hide deck that was piloted by Michael Lasky. And that game was 5 0 in round four at the Northwest Regional. So that's one of the decks that, obviously, piloted by different people, it's going to have different results. There's a variance of that just because of the comfortability that Jay has with Flood Soul Hide after he's built it and been playing it for so long. But to see a deck do well against that is is remarkable to, to do that well against it. But again, you can read about the Soul Surfer deck on Land of Redemption. And then the exact top five reigning, rankings from both of the big tournaments for Chad, the Oregon State, and then the Northwest Regional First place was won by Soul Surfer. Then second place was Gospel Angels with Black Sadducees on defense. Third place was a mystery deck, and I believe this is the deck that he built for one of his students that he was talking about he was going to not share because they were playing it in Nationals. Fourth was a Ruth and Philistines deck. Nice to see Ruth and Philistines (laughs) getting some play there. That's really cool to see because it's not one of those super popular ones right now. But then... Fifth was white good stuff and black defense. At the Northwest Regionals, which was the most recent one that happened this past weekend, first place was the Soul Surfer. Second place was a Agro Disciples deck, and it had a gray defense. Third place was the Mystery deck. And fourth was Angels with a pale green defense. That's another one that's not super popular, pale green defense. So that's cool to see. Then fifth was Angels with a black-gray splash defense. So those are the decks and the the archetypes and themes and brigades that were represented at two tournaments that Chad referenced there, the Oregon State Tournament and then the Northwest Regionals that happened this past weekend. Nice to get that inside report on that and kind of know what's doing well in some of these tournaments. So definitely thank Chad for uh, sharing that with the community. I guess up next on the review here is the New York State Tournament. And this one was hosted by Mr. Mark Valake. And they were expecting a big turnout. And unfortunately, a lot of people ended up not being able to make it closer to the date. So it wasn't as big of a turnout as he was expecting and hoping for. Obviously, we always want to shoot for big, big numbers. But they still had a healthy group with 15 there at the Mm -hmm. tournament. And... He sent me the results, and I have those for you. In sealed deck, first place was Mark. And then in second was Rob M. Third place was Zach Miller. In type 2, two-player, Rob M. took first in that. And then Rob's daughter got second place. And then third place was Rob's son. So it was a a Rob M. category for type 2, two-player. And then type 1, two-player... Mark Valake came in first. Jalissa Valake, his lovely wife, came in second. And then third was Zach Miller. Brad, do you think you'll ever see your wife play in a tournament with you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that question brings so many emotions to me, honestly. <laughs> Is one of them uh, fear and trepidation for your life? <laughs> if you were to ask her to play in a tournament? <laughs> Not only would she never play in one, she would never attend one. Yeah. But, you know. I feel you on that. (laughs) She's okay with coming to a tournament with me as long as she gets to, like, go do something fun, you know, away from the tournament. Yeah, there you go. I think my wife would probably, 
it's a mixed reaction. Like she likes letting me go to these tournaments, or she, I don't know if she likes letting me go. Maybe that's the strong word. But <laughs> please go, please. She, <laughs> maybe she wants me out of the house. <laughs> We're gonna have to check and see if uh, the mailman's been coming more than once a day. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I think like you, as long as there's something that she can go and do, if I were to exclusively ask her to go to a tournament, I know the answer, but I, I feel like it would create some strong tension. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyway, so in booster draft, Zach Miller came in first, Ben Hull came in second, and Mark came in third. In teams, Mark and Zach Miller came in first, and then Rob M. and Mike Miller came in second. And then they also had a type half Ironman competition, which is, you know, what we talked about in the lead up where you could potentially win half a box. Hmm. And guess who won that half a box? Mm-hmm. Good old Mark. Nice. Mark won his own cards. <laughs> Go figure, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then second was Ben Hole, and third was Mike Miller. You know, there was a lot of pressure in that tournament. Like, he's like, man, I got to give up these cards or, yeah. or win, so... <laughs> He did also provide me with a bit of a summary here. He said that in type one, two player, which is again, the main category people are focusing on for these tournaments to try to gather information as they work their way through the competitive tournament season towards the nationals. But he said that the first place deck that he ran was a disciples and thieves deck. And he has since shared that online. So you can go in and see the deck list, but the key to winning, he said was a turn one, Matthew, for seven to nine cards in a couple of games. And mm-hmm. big thanks to Chamber of Angels podcast. You know, we talked about that when we first opened up here. Chamber of Angels podcast and Demon Hunter 85, Rob Smith, for the insight that led to some card changes, and that helped him out a lot. He said the second place deck that Jalissa ran was Jay's Flood and Drought deck, and her only loss was against Mark, and he only won in time. Four to three. It was a timeout. So he said she likely could have won with a little bit more time on the clock. And he also said she has caught the competitive player bug and is eager to dominate at Northeast Regionals in a couple of weeks. That's what we like to hear right so, there. Man, I tell you what. fire coming out. It will be hilarious if she, if she comes out and she places higher than Mark in the regional. <laughs> Come on, community. We can all hope for it. <laughs> but, Let's make it happen. If anybody's got strategies, y'all uh, share them. <laughs> share them. Just for her. And he said third place, Zach ran Jaden's Postivity deck. He wanted to try something fun and new and piloted a challenging deck very well and likely only lost to Mark due to his massive turn one Matthew draw. And then he said that, sadly, many people needed to drop out leading up to the event, like I mentioned, and it cut the projected attendance in half. However, God was still sovereign, and it still had amenities and prizes that exceeded many larger attorneys. First Baptist Church that they attend there in Moravia was very generous and provided an abundance of free food, and the group was blessed enough to provide great prizes for unofficial events. And then he said, the tales of this event will no doubt compel others to come to New York for attorneys in the future. So he's already he's already setting it up. He wants, he wants people to, to travel to New York for tournaments in the future. And 
Oddly enough, I did look into travel plans. It also didn't work out because that was the same weekend as Alabama State Tournament. But me and the me and the wife did look because she was like, I, I'd go to New York. Hey, there you go. Like you said. But I mean, hey, free food? It's worth a New York trip from Alabama, let's be honest. I mean, it depends on what kind of food, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, even Jeremy had food, right? So, Yeah, Jeremy had food. Some Boston butt sandwiches. It's pretty good. And speaking of Jeremy's, we can go over the Alabama results where type two, Jeremy came out on top, and second was Tyler Stevens. And then Joshua, Jeremy's younger brother, came in third. In type one, I was able to win that category. <laughs> you trying to do a drum roll for me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And a roll tied for the first. There you go. I finally won a tournament in Alabama. Oddly enough, all of the wins that I've had in tournaments have come in Tennessee. <laughs> so I was finally able to win on the home turf. Feels good, doesn't it? It does feel good. So Tyler came in second. And Keegan came in third. There was actually a tie for second that came down to sole differential, and Tyler edged Keegan out after Keegan forced the tie against Tyler <laughs> in their game. In booster draft, that was also won by myself, and Jeremy came in second, and then Keegan came in third. In sealed, Keegan actually won that category. So that's his second time winning sealed at an Alabama State tournament, so... <laughs> On a roll, he was let's pretty go. pumped. <laughs> when we were leaving and we were in the truck driving home, he was like, you know what that makes me, don't you, Daddy? And I was like, I don't know, son, a state champ. And he was like, no, well, I mean, yes, I'm a state champ, but I'm a two-time mm. because I'm undefeated and sealed at Jeremy's. Hey. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeremy, I mean, Keegan, Keegan's kind of coming for you and sealed at your house. Going for the three-peat hat trick turkey. Let's go. There you go. So Keegan came in first. I came in second. Jeremy came in third. In teams, me and Jeremy came in first. I mean, obviously, duh. (laughs) And then (laughs) Joshua and Keegan came in second among two teams there. It was a pretty small crowd. I'd almost venture to say very small crowd, but we had a really good time. There was smoked barbecue sandwiches that jeremy mentioned so you guys missed out on some boston butt for not coming to the alabama state tournament also there was a homemade dessert i'm not sure how that was i i never got around to getting any of it but it did look good it looked very good and i just want you guys out there to know that you missed out on that because you didn't come to the state tournament in alabama so in saying that next month we're going to have a regionals and you're more than welcome to make up for not being at the state tournament by coming to the regionals. <clears throat> Co-host, I'm talking to you. Cut out there. <laughs> you didn't hear any of that? No. What was the last thing you heard? You need to make up for not coming to state and coming to regionals. That was the last thing I heard. Oh, okay. You just missed that other part? Yeah. Was you mute me or something? <laughs> anyway, um, I guess that, that does it for the wrap-up on tournaments that happened this past weekend and that will take us to the one major tournament that we have coming up this week and that's going to be the texas state tournament and that's going to be may 26th and 27th and i've got the information here just to kind of spotlight that but that's going to be hosted by brennan codare and it's going to be at the arena games in universal city texas and 
That starts 6 p.m. on Friday and then starts again on Saturday at 10 a.m. And I tell you what, it's really cool, the uh, the fact that they have a brick-and-mortar store that they can go to that supports and enjoys hosting redemption tournaments. Definitely makes me want to uh, make the, the long drive over to Texas at some point, check out one of those tournaments. I think it would be really cool. Like, obviously, we have the opportunity to go into any brick-and-mortar store here in town Brad, we could we could go and set up shop and play cards, but to have the guy there hosting tournaments, that's kind of a unique thing. That's not that's not all over the place. I think Idaho might have a place that I, I know that they host tournaments there, but I I think those are the only two that I'm aware of where tournaments are happening in brick and mortar stores. I could be wrong, but it's really cool to see that it is happening at least. Yeah, you know, uh, I remember growing up in uh, South Alabama and driving an hour to Mobile to a Books a Million, I think is what it was. Books a Million, yeah. So, I mean, not quite the brick-and-mortar, like, tournament store, that what you're talking about, but it was, like, it wasn't at a church. It was to, my it was to play Pokemon, wasn't it? It, it was to play Pokemon. Look at there. Man, there. let's go. And uh, I remember, you know, the feeling of driving up and, you know, playing tournaments. I feel like it's a, probably a similar feeling there in Texas. Like, hey, we're going to, like, the tournament place. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, nothing, and maybe it's because I was younger, but we'll we'll go down this rabbit trail here. I love rabbit trails lately. <laughs> but is it just me or was Books a Million so much better for, like, the kid in you versus, like, Barnes & Noble now that's the major one, like, at least in our area? You got Barnes and Noble if you want to go get a book, a bookstore. And I feel like the way that I remember, and it could just be because I was young, but I feel like there was more excitement when you got to go to Books a Million on a random weekday and you got to go to the magazine section and you could find, you know, that magazine that just came out that has the latest set and all the pictures of the cards that just came out and whatever card game mm. you're playing. And I forgot it, about the card game magazines, man. Yeah. That was old a thing. school. Yeah. Wow. Man, yes, that takes you back, that. doesn't it? Um, for us in, in our mall, like Books a Million was in like you know the city mall or whatever. So uh, you went into Books a Million to get into the mall. So that was the very first thing. You had like a Joe Mugs coffee shop. Yeah, the they always had Joe Mugs. <laughs> Joe Mugs, and then they had like obviously books, but then there was also other little toys and stuff. You know, cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I. I, I Looking at those magazines, you know, most of the time you didn't buy them. No, you never, you never bought anything <laughs> as a kid. You just went in and you were like, okay, let me go look at the magazine. You know, somebody's picking out a book in the family and you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the magazines. You know, that those were the days. I'm pretty sure I'm accurate on this. My mom would leave me in Books a Million and go shopping in other stores in the mall. Yes, I, I can I can see that. And, you know, I'd be in the Pokemon stuff or whatever in the magazines and I knew that, like, my mom would be back in 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever, and I would just chill in Books a Million. Yeah. That was good old days. We just came off of talking about wrestling a lot for the Mr. Classic tournament. Wrestling magazines back in the day, too, were something that, as a kid, you went and checked on. And I remember getting in trouble because my dad did not did not endorse all that stuff. He was not big on, you know, like the, the attitude era wrestling and all of that. But I would still sneak around and try to find out what was going on. So I'd go and grab one of those magazines and, you know, flip and find out that 
Stone Cold and Vince McMahon are, you know, they're feuding. And I would obviously, you know, like I would I would be a bad kid and I would sneak up and watch the replay. Like sometimes Raw would replay after midnight and I would watch that. Sure. Luckily, I, d- I don't recall ever getting caught. But though, so the wrestling magazines, there was also car magazines. Oh, yeah. Yep. So you would look at car magazines. Now, some of those had had some covers that they had to put the little slip over. Uh, or that they would put the slip over in Publix now. You know, Publix likes to cover up their magazine covers. Uh, some of those cars, like Low Rider magazine, yeah, you might get in trouble if you're a kid reading that one too much. But that and the card game. And then there was a video games that had the cheat codes in the back of the magazines for the video yes. games. Like you could press the... Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you would go in there with a paper and start writing down the cheat codes. Uh, oh, my goodness. That brought you back, didn't it? Oh, Wow. Super Mario and all them codes and stuff, man. Yeah. Or Zelda. I, You know what? But I'm still thinking, man. Like, I just can't believe your dad didn't like John Cena. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. He couldn't I see him. not like John Cena. He couldn't see him. <laughs> Kane choke slamming somebody through a table. There you go. How does he not approve of that? I don't know, man. We all have our flaws. He had his fair share. And one of them was that, but definitely just randomly, just so much nostalgia when you see Books a Million. And speaking of that, when I was leaving Jeremy's at his tournament, where you leave his house and you get on 759, the interstate there in Gadsden, the Gadsden Mall still has a Books a Million, at least the the moniker, the sign for Books a Million. I don't know if it's active. Maybe Jeremy can let us know if it's active. Uh, I doubt it is because I don't I don't recall that any of those stores are still active, right? I don't know, but let's let's take one more semi rabbit trail and just pronounce to the community and to the world that growing up in the '90s and early 2000s was the best era to grow up in, hands down. Okay, I will approach <laughs> that by saying I believe it was much better than today and any time since. But it's hard to say it was better than growing up in like the 80s when Come you on, could dude. turn on the TV and Thundercats were on or He-Man. Okay, you got to think about this. The 90s, video games were just coming to be a thing. We were the we were the generation that could play Nintendo, Super Nintendo, 64. I mean, all Go of that outside like and play new. street hockey like Rocket yeah. Power. Wiggy, yeah. wiggy, wiggy. Yeah, then you go outside. You go outside all day. You show up at somebody's house on their bike because you didn't have cell phones yet. And you just knock on the door and, like, you go play outside. You go play in the woods, whatever. You come back in and then, like, you're playing Super Smash Brothers for three hours. You know, it's like the golden era. And then you had all those trading card games, including Redemption, by the way. Came out in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, which I did play pretty close to, you know, early 2000s or whatever. Uh, so. I tell you what, we weren't on Instagram and Twitter. That's for sure. Speaking of Books a Million, that's where Redemption was too. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. But I, I feel like it was I feel like we saw Redemption. That's how we got into it in the first place was in Books a Million. Nice. So definitely you'll have to reach out to us community and let us know if you agree with us that Books a Million was so much better as a kid than what like Barnes and Noble or I don't know what, what other bookstores are real popular right now, but I know in our area we have a Barnes & Noble, and it seems like that's overtaken as the main chain of bookstores in our area. But definitely, definitely miss those. Uh, just drop me off at Books A Million Days. 
Dude, how many parents will let their 10-year-old just sit in Books A Million and look at magazines <laughs> while they go yeah. shopping? Magazines are a dying medium now, you know, like newspapers. Some towns only do their newspaper like three days a week and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Or when's the last time you saw a Yellow Pages show up at your door? That's what kept Michael Scott and business, you know, Michael Scott, Dwight Schrute, they had to get the that uh, White Pages business. You have to prepare for a... What, what was it when Ryan goes goes to business school and he goes there? How do you prepare for or adjust your business to being a paper company in a paperless world? <laughs> and he just goes <laughs> off. <laughs> he says something about uh, personal service or something like. Yeah. And courtesy. And when they did the uh, the job fair to where they were trying to recruit new talent, they just took one sheet of paper. This paper can become anything. <laughs> it's endless possibilities, like your job at Dunder Mifflin. Hmm. So now we've gone from books a million to the office. We got to, we got to, we got to round it back. Yeah, where are okay, we? Okay, so so the Texas State tournament is coming up, <laughs> and Texas. now we're talking about nationals. And at the time that this episode comes out, nationals is going to be sixty four days away. Every week, as I as we keep going down this road to nationals, you know, fueling the hype train, baby. But. 64 days away. So that's two months for you to keep working on your your escape route. But Nationals in Knoxville, Tennessee is 64 days away. So just keep that in mind as we move towards that. And we've got some super exciting news that, you know, you mentioned maybe right after Nationals. You mentioned that it kind of, redemption kind of slows down about the time that your schedule frees up. Mm-hmm. Well, after Nationals this year, there's going to be a lot of excitement because not only are we going to get the new set at Nationals, Israel's Rebellion, but right after that, we're going to get the fully funded root set. That's right. I said it. I checked with Chris right before we went to record with this. I, I reached out to him, and I don't know if that's what prompted him to check and make the update, but I did ask him for a last-minute update before we recorded and I was hoping that we would hit that 18, put it in the bank, and we are there. We are 18K in the bank. Mm. Just over two weeks now, the community has fully funded roots, so we are getting 224 cards in addition to the new set. And now when you open a pack of cards moving forward, you're going to get new cards from the new set and then you're going to get Roots cards on the new card face in the back. No more Angel Wars Eli and <laughs> Kira hanging out in the back of the pack. No more losing booster drafts because somebody got a Himalek the Hittite and Ishmaya the, what's the one? The Gibeonite. Mm-hmm. Man, no more losing booster draft because the wording on cards <laughs> was written for somebody with three PhDs in the English language which I do not possess. I am so thankful that Roots is getting funded fully. So I had a small part in that because I made a donation. Everybody made a donation. We come together as a community, and it's all because of all of us. So I want to say thank you to all those that donated because we did it, guys. And we couldn't have done it without everybody's contribution. So stand up, give yourself a round of applause because we've done it. So here we go. Hey. There we go. So, funny thing about that, 
My fifth grade teacher, Miss Gibby. Miss Gibby? Miss Gibby. Was she a Gibby a night? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she was. She actually did that, though. She would stand up in class, and she had the most monotone voice. Like, she had no, like, she was never. She was hanging out with Jaden type of thing? Yeah, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Sorry, Jay. (laughs) Jaden. Jaden, I'm going to expect a comeback on that one now. Uh, but you know, just no change in the the tone of her voice, hardly ever. But she would say, "Now give yourself a round of applause," and her arms would go in a circle. And she, <laughs> but her was, her her voice didn't change with it. Well, it she, was like monotone the it, whole way. No, well, it went up a little bit on round. She'd say, oh, "Okay, give yourselves a round of applause." If she said, "Give yourself a round of applause," <laughs> <laughs> that was the most excited she got. But, uh, yeah, she would actually put her hands in a circle, go around, and i never forget that. She was the teacher that did that. That's the only thing I really remember about that class. That, and I got sick in her class one day, and she sent me home. Two things nice. I remember. At least that stuck with you, too. Always look at an opportunity to give yourself a round of applause, because you are <laughs> the person that has your own back. And I don't remember hardly any of my teacher's names, but Miss Gibby, remember that name. So as, as long as something stuck with you. For all the effort that she put in. Now, the fundraiser is going to most likely, and this was just a most likely put out there, I believe, by Gabe. I think he said he would be surprised if the fundraiser does not stay up until nationals. So if you still have not made a donation, you still have not made a purchase and you're interested in that, I know that's the biggest question now as we're fully funded is how much longer will I be able to make a purchase on these items? I can't say that it's guaranteed to be up till nationals, but I think it would be a shock if the elders took it down before nationals. Now, in addition to that, the next question is, okay, we've got the 18000 If people keep buying stuff, where does that money go besides just buying the product? And if you want to know that, then you can refer back to the announcements channel on the Discord. And there was a post from... Our fearless leader over at Cactus Games, Mr. Rob Anderson himself. And in that announcements channel, his comment is, it was posted by Gabe in the announcements channel. So he posted in general chat, but then it got put here. And it says, the fundraising program could evolve subject to response. My hope is that we can fund the full root set. Yep, absolutely. Your, your hope has come true. We are off to a great start. I would like to let this first stage run until we hit 18K. If we go for six weeks and it doesn't feel like we will get there, then we will print a smaller root set. So he was willing to let it run for six weeks to see if we got there. In just over two weeks, just a couple days over two weeks, we are at the 18K mark. He said, if we exceed 18K, there are other good things we could fund, such as real packaging for the newer sets, starting with GOC and then Israel's Rebellion, a new printed rule book, which would be really nice to have, and then increased advertising beyond what he is doing on Google and Amazon and more things. He said we could let the fundraising site run for a good while and rotate out current offers with new offers. God's will be done. So what that means to me is that there is an opportunity, and I put this on Discord, there's an opportunity to get the new set at a certain point, without getting old Disciples packs with a sticker on them, which would be awesome to buy the new product, 
obviously everything that they're doing is trying to clean up the product so that when you buy a new product, it's all new, it's clean, it's compact, it's here, boom. If you're still opening a Disciples Pack with a sticker on it to get the new set, even if it's got new cards front and back, there's still a chance for improvement on that. I think it would be really cool. We talked about that at Alabama State Tournament this past weekend. It'd be really cool to go back to foil packs. I believe in the past Rob has said that foil packs actually cost more than the cardboard packaging that he's using, which seems a little odd, but I guess maybe that's because of the cost to print on the foil material versus printing onto cardstock. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I think it would be really cool to get new packaging for the new sets that match the sets versus getting old sets with a sticker on top. So that would be really cool if we could get that. And I don't know what the the goal is to do that, but the printed rule book also would be really nice. I believe that that would help new players to have something quickly to reference besides having to go all the way to the reg because the reg should not be how you learn how to play redemption. It should be how you learn to figure out interactions and find the deeper nuances of the game. Not, you want to know how to play, not like what we did, Brad, not me print off the reg and go through that to learn how to play, because we did that. That is not the way to do it. You had a binder for the reg. I still have that binder. Matter of fact, each time it got updated, until the last couple of times I don't think I've, I've actually updated it, I would go back and just print the new updated pages and replace just those. And one time Jaden reached out and he was like, Whoa, I see what version you got there. <laughs> your your reg's a little outdated <laughs> or something like that. But, dude, trying to figure out how to play the game from that huge amount of material is a daunting task. If we could have a new printed rule book with streamlined rules now that the game is a little bit simpler um, and wording is more standardized across the cards, that would be fantastic. So that's something that we can look forward to potentially with additional funding that is raised. You mean you're you're excited about not repelling somebody or Yes. I don't want to I don't want to repel. I don't want, want to someone him. to my my hero or what is it can be caused to fall away or something. <laughs> I I don't want all of that. So definitely good things to look forward to, things that could be funded. And then on top of that doing some advertising for the game. We always talk about wanting the game to grow and we've done a lot towards getting the game to grow and putting it in a position to where it could potentially grow. Now, in addition to doing all of that work, how do you still then reach out and have the game grow? Advertising is part of that. And that's whether it's word of mouth, we share it as players, we introduce people to the game. But from the company side of it, you know, Cactus Game Design being the owners, for him to get funding that could potentially let him pay for additional um, advertising to push it out to people that maybe don't come in contact with existing players. That would be really cool. So there's a lot of things that that money can do. And we've been assured by the elders talking to Chris, any money that is raised for this fundraiser is not going in Rob's pocket. It's not going in anyone's pocket. It's going back to the game. So as we raise money on top of the 18,000, now that we've got that in the bag for roots, all of that other just goes towards further pushing the game towards getting things that it needs that maybe hasn't been able to be afforded by by the bottom line for Cactus. You know, where the game hasn't been profitable enough to cover these things, maybe the community helping out 
with additional donations could get some of these things that super cool. But rest assured, all of that money will go back into the game of redemption. So it's nice to know that if this does stay open till nationals, we could show up at nationals and it could have raised $24,000 just as something I threw out there. Imagine having an additional 6,000 on top of the 18 that can be used for whatever. That'd be really cool. Yeah. And I mean, surely if it's only been open two weeks, there's got to be, I mean, several people that's been trying to save up, you know, for, you know, certain cards or whatever. So I think it's definitely possible. And I would say, hey, you know, just because we hit the 18,000, don't keep keep yourself from, uh, you know, trying to get some of those cards that you're looking for. So, and also, obviously, to help out. Yeah. But, man, am I stoked that we got there. When it was first mentioned that it would take 18K, I think I think that number was dropped at some point, maybe, or maybe I heard the roundabout of around that before before Rob said that he would cover the additional money for the starter decks. So 18K on top of what we needed to raise for the starter decks when we were originally going to do the Kickstarter. And I was just like, man, that's such a such a big amount. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. And it's just awesome to see, you know, the community come together and in two weeks be able to knock that out. And it shows kind of how much people believe in the future of this game. And I think people that are involved with set design, leadership, those guys should should take it as the community finally getting an opportunity to show that they believe in where the game is headed. Because you don't invest in a game like this unless you believe in the direction it's going in, I think. And I think this should further cement that the community is, you know, appreciative of where they have the game as we get ready to look into future growth and we're ready for that growth. We've got a new starter deck. It's basically a almost a reset for the game. New starter deck, new set that goes with that. All this happening at a time where you're cleaning up, getting new cards in the packages. Hopefully we can get new packaging for those cards, those new sets. So it's just like a okay, you come into the game at this point and it's the perfect point for you to start in the game and start playing. Yeah, I totally agree. I guess we will um I guess now's a good time to to tell you guys that we don't have some big big topic here on the back end. We had a lot of information to go over and so this isn't going to be a super long episode. I mean, we're already recording at uh looks like 70 minutes or so, but before we get ready to wrap it up and give you a, a kind of a teaser for next week's episode, we can um, talk about some changes to the podcast kind of layout. I mentioned on Discord that it seemed to work so much smoother for me not trying to force the recording and the editing into one night. I'm an old, I'm an old man nowadays. <laughs> I feel like it. And, uh, Staying up all night is for the younger crowd. It's not my cup of tea. I enjoy my sleep these days. So Same recording thing. recording on Monday night, and it seems like that that's working out well the last couple of weeks for you joining as well, Brad. So just getting kind of a, a routine of recording Monday, leaving myself Tuesday to edit so I can, you know, if I can poke around during the day if work's slow. Work's not slow right now, but, you know, in the future maybe. And then have Tuesday evening to edit as well without giving up sleep to do it. And then releasing the episode on Wednesday morning. It seems like that's a better thing. And so that's what we're going to do moving forward. So 
we will start releasing episodes on Wednesday versus Tuesday. So you guys, instead of Tuesday getting this, you'll be getting it on Wednesday. So over the next few weeks as we adjust to that, there might be a couple of references of when you get this on Tuesday, even though you're not getting this on Tuesday. So if that sneaks its way into the recording, I apologize. That'll be on my bad editing skills to not get that out of there, but releasing on Wednesday. That works better, don't you think, Brad? I think so. It takes a lot of the pressure off, and, you know, like you said, when you get more sleep, everybody's happy. Absolutely. I don't fall apart the next day at work. <laughs> yeah. But in in addition to that change, we also have been talking about doing threshing floor live is what, what I'm tentatively calling it. You can come up with a better name. Uh, you want to shoot some suggestions on it. Brad, you have an idea. But the threshing floor live, kind of that informal hangout thing that I mentioned where we can kind of talk about, you know, previous episodes that have recently happened you know, maybe what we're planning for future episodes in the near future and just kind of touch on that informal hangout, go live, YouTube, Twitch. I don't know exactly how we'll do it. We'll figure it out, but go live and then talk about the podcast. If you guys then have suggestions on episodes that maybe you want to have or guests you'd like to see in the future, um, topics you want discussed. That's the time to do that. That's the virtual suggestion box, if you will. Come hang out with us. We'll talk about the podcast. You can tell me how bad of a host I am. I can tell you how great of a listener you are. We can talk about <laughs> you know, books all a million those together. Things. Yeah, books a million. You know, hiding things from your parents, like getting the cheat code magazines. Mm. <laughs> Daddy said you aren't supposed to cheat. <laughs> what was that? Left, right, up, down? <laughs> Star square? <laughs> <laughs> a, B, X, Y. But anyway, tentatively, I wanted to put ourselves on the clock a little bit. So I talked with Brad here before we recorded. And tentatively, our first threshing floor live will be on June 1st in the evening. Not sure exactly of a time yet. Not sure exactly of a platform that we would go live on. But that will be shared closer to the buildup to that. We'll figure those details out. And we will share that link. And you guys can join and you can do the interactive chat there. We'll try to figure out a way to have some people join, maybe. If somebody's commenting a lot in the chat, maybe we can find a way for them to join the conversation with me and Brad. I think it'll be cool, and I think it gives me a chance to informally like hang out and do talk about the podcast in a way to where it's not, oh, now I have to go and edit this afterwards. So it's just kind of a chill way to interact more with you guys that listen to the podcast and kind of talk about what is in the plans for that i'm looking forward to it what about you brad oh yeah bring your questions bring your concerns <laughs> yeah you know maybe maybe we'll be in the middle of deck building you yeah. know we could be building a deck as we <laughs> as we talk about the podcast who knows and I, you know yeah just talking about it and then like somebody can come on and be like dude that's a dumb idea why would you put that card in there and be like well because and you know to go from there there you go. So looking forward to that. And I know last week I didn't do a really good job of this, but I want to make sure that we spotlight our sponsor over at Covenant Games. If you need sealed product for redemption or you want to check out other family games, you can go to their website, check that out. We will be re-upping our partnership with them as our exclusive sponsor here at the podcast. So 
you have that to look forward to. Want to thank them for helping cover some of the fees to bring you guys the podcast. Make sure you go and check out them and support their business as you support the podcast as well. So I think for a podcast episode without really anything to talk about, this is a pretty, pretty good dump of information. And where else do you go to have a nostalgic discussion about magazine section at Books A Million? Dude. Man. uh, That brought me straight back to, it just started flooding in, man. I, I totally forgot about that. To the old Rugrats and Doug Funny days? Dude. There's no doubt in my mind that like the nineties was like the best era to grow up in. Dude. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to compare. Like we were on like the breaking edge of like Yeah, all like you didn't know if we stuff. were all gonna die when the year two thousand rolled around. Exactly. But like think about it like skateboards and long hair and just like the music. All right, the the music maybe not so much in the nineties, but like the early two thousands, I mean like it was just like boom and then uh, you know, we didn't really have cell phones like, yet, but you mean like Matchbox Twenty type music? I mean, yeah, but like Dave Matthews Band? Not, no, but like all the popular bands that were around that era. Okay, give me one. I'm trying to. I want like Usher. Okay, you know, see, no, yeah, Jay Z and Usher and Kanye. Yeah. And, to the and window, to the wall. Yeah, till you and shuffle then, your deck. <laughs> You had Taylor Swift coming out around that time. No, bro, bro, you have you have you have taken this podcast down a dark place. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get shamed for your music taste right now. <laughs> hey, I'm telling I'm, you, somebody's gonna reach out and be like, "Brad's music taste." Oh, is I, whack. I thought we were done with the podcast. <laughs> is it still recording? <laughs> it is still recording, bro. Oh <laughs> uh, well, man, yeah, I thought we were done. No, nah, the recording's still going, bro. <laughs> I'm going to have to leave that in there. <laughs> oh, man. They're going to know that you like Usher and Taylor Swift. and man. I thought you meant like Three Doors Down, Matchbox 20. Oh, yeah, Three Doors Down, um, sure. Puddle of Mud. You still uh, had Nirvana. Nirvana was still getting popular. Nickelback yeah. was coming Blink on. Blink-182, baby. No, I can't do uh, Blink-182. I just draw the line there. Where are you? But I tell you what. When old buddy left the um, Rage Against the Machine and partnered up with Chris Cornell and did Audio Slave, I'm here for that. I like I liked some of their stuff there. Shine That's down. Cool. Panic at the Disco. <laughs> Dude, you're getting into your emo days. <laughs> Calm down. I know, man. You're gonna you're gonna tell your secrets. <laughs> uh. What's that? Uh, sugar, we're going down. <laughs> Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. <laughs> Dude, I still I still put Fallout Boy on sometimes. Their first mm-hmm. album, that first album does not have a single skip on it. And if you don't at me, because I'm telling you that is that is almost a perfect album. Chicago is so two years ago. Mm. That is a fantastic album. Dude, Eminem whenever he first. You know, start getting big and bro. I'm telling you, dude, the nineties and the dude. early two thousands. Like growing up in the nineties, but the early two thousands was like the era. I mean, I, I'm biased, obviously. But tell the truth. Tell the it, truth. It's not like I grew up in other eras. You know, I only grew up in one, but tell tell the truth though. Did you ever did you ever get down by yourself in front of the mirror, you're singing, grab your hairbrush? Oops, I did it again. <laughs> no. 
Don't lie. No, I was never on the Britney train. <laughs> Man, you remember but, when she cut her hair off? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world, though. I mean, that was popping. Okay. But then we had, like, the Soldier Boy dance. You, you know. Okay, I mean, look, we like we that gotta, was the era of all those dances. Brad, we got we got to stop the podcast now. We can keep talking, but we hey, got to stop the podcast. The podcast done stopped about five minutes ago. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. No, we didn't wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up now, though. <laughs> all right. Well, it, we'll cut some of that out, maybe. But maybe. thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week, and we're looking forward to the first Threshing Four live in a couple weeks on the first, and. We'll catch you next week with hopefully the episode featuring Mr. Travis Brown, the former owner of Three Lions Gaming, used to be involved with the game, hosted the 2016 Nationals. Hopefully we'll get some of those stories, but hopefully we can bring that to you next week. So you got that to look forward to, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Threshold 4 Podcast. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Looking forward to bringing you next week's episode. Hopefully being able to get that and make that happen with Mr. Travis Brown. want to uh, also remind you that we are doing our first Threshing Floor Live, tentatively scheduled for June the 1st. So hopefully you guys can hang out, for, uh, hang out with us with that. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.